Hey Velocity, welcome to today's podcast. We're so excited to hear how your life has changed by Velocity Church. And if your life has been impacted, feel free to send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now, sit back and enjoy the message. Hey, thanks guys. So, like Pastor said, my name is Jason Bonet, and I am the next-gen director here at Velocity Church. Now, some of you may have heard the term next-gen thrown around a couple times, right? And you're thinking, what on earth does this stand for? I mean, this is a pretty cool handle to have, but what does it mean? Well, you're in luck, because I am just the guy to tell you all about next-gen, okay? Here at Velocity, like Pastor said, we exist to bring those far from God near to life in Christ, right? Now, that is not just for adults. See, that is for the young, that is for the old, and that is for everybody in between. Now, our next-gen ministries, we focus on a specific group of kids and students, okay? Our job is to provide a safe, fun, energetic environment where they can be shown God's love, right? Where they can learn to interact with his word, where they can grow their faith and they can just encounter God on their level. Now see, Next Gen offers ministries for six specific categories. Now we have our nursery. So if you've got a kid that's either six weeks old all the way up to two years old, that's where we are. And again, we're not just watching that baby in there, okay? We're not just keeping them out of here so they're not crying and you can hear them. We are in there and we are praying for those children. We're praying for them, we're praying for your family. We're reading scripture to them because that's where it begins, okay? Now our next group is our preschool group. So they're ages two to four. Uh, They're a little bit funner because they have no filters whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, amen. Okay. Uh, We have a bounce house for them, so that's awesome. They love to do that, but it's the same thing. Providing that environment for them to encounter God on their level. Now, one of the ones that's closest to my heart is our elementary group. Elementary group, where you at? Okay, that, That, that hurts a little bit. Um, now they're my second favorite. All right, now, my favorite has got to be the elementary group because there we can start to see the word of God take hold on a child's life and in their heart. And we have the opportunity to just show them by our actions our love for God so they can feel that connection to him, all right, and they can begin to grow their faith and begin to walk with God. After that, we got our middle school, and we got our high school, and then we got our college, okay? All those are awesome. But what I want to focus on today is kids, all right? <clears throat> so a little bit about myself. For those of you don't, who don't know me, I got a picture that should come up. There we go. All right. I am married to that lady right up there on the far right. Her name is Joanna. You can woo for her, she's super hot. (laughs) All right, she is also completely out of my league, so you don't need to feel free to tell me that. I I already know that, all right? 
God has blessed me with such a great ministry partner. Um, right there at the bottom in the middle, that's our 10-year-old daughter, Isabel. She's a sweetheart, super smart, really artistic. Uh, on the left, that's Deacon. Deacon is eight. Deacon, I'm going to say this now, so in, I don't know, 10, 15 years, you can tell me I was right. That's a preacher, okay? That kid, you want to see somebody with a heart for God and somebody that just wants to share it with everybody, you go talk to my boy right there, okay? Now, far right, that's Asher. Asher's six. I don't know really what to say about Asher. (laughs) Those of you that know Asher, man, he's an energetic kid and uh, really hoping that God grabs hold of his life here pretty quick. (laughs) Um, Now, what's not pictured in this picture is our oldest daughter. See, I have a 24-year-old daughter as well. Her name is Rosetta, and I've got two grandchildren, a two-year-old named Guinevere and a six-month-old named Cassius. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, there's no way. This guy looks way too young, and might I add, ruggedly handsome, <laughs> to have grandkids. Oh, it's true, okay? I do. Uh, it's a great story, but it's a story for another time. So Pastor will have to have me up here again. Um, but my family is just so, I don't even know what the word is for it. We have such a desire to just grow kids. We have such a desire to see God instilled in their lives and a desire for them to have a strong relationship with him. Now, I've been in the ministry and kids' ministries for about 14 years now. And in those 14 years, I've seen one thing that happens over and over and over again. It's a pattern. It's a pattern of development for kids. And we're going to talk about that here shortly. But before we start, I don't know about you guys, I'm pretty nervous. I would like to pray. So if you would, just bow your heads and let's pray together. Father God, as we come before you today, Lord, just thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given me uh, just to get up here and just to share my heart and what I believe is your heart and your vision for the next generation with your people. And Lord, I just ask today that you would just give me the words to instill the importance of investing faith. Lord, give us your heart when it comes to your children. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So can we bring that picture back up for just a second? Maybe. It's, I mean, it's, it's a good-looking family. All right. But here's the deal. So I didn't talk about me up there on the far left, but... A little bit about me that goes a little bit deeper. I'm going to be open with you guys. So I need you to kind of, I don't know, participate with me a little bit if you can. Now, right here and right here, you get to see this guy that has a love for kids, a love for his family, a love for God. But it didn't always used to be that way. You see, about 16 years ago, I was completely and totally ready to walk away from my God and my faith. You see, I grew up 
not really in church. We went kind of hit and miss. My parents never went. They would just send me with my grandparents. <laughs> but see, I grew up knowing that there was a God. I grew up, and I got to a point where it's like I realized that I was a sinner, and I needed Jesus' death on the cross to atone for those sins, to forgive me of those sins, so I'd accepted him as my personal Lord and Savior. But the problem was, is that's where my faith ended. You see, I was in a church that didn't value investment. I was in a church that basically, when you got saved, there was your seat and your pew, and you just showed up, right? Anybody been in a church like that before? All right, a couple of you, get down. But here's the thing. I was super on fire, super committed, but I start to get wore down because here was a problem. In church, I would hear how you're supposed to act. I would see how you were supposed to act. And then in church, I would do what you were supposed to act, right? But outside of those church walls, all the people that identified with Christ would act completely different. They acted no different from the world around me. And it just, you know, it just wore over the years to a point where it's like, man, it took a relationship and, a, and a, just a living presence of God in my life and it turned it into just this irrelevant God that was so distant and didn't really have any impact on me. But I was lucky. About 16 years ago, no, yeah, about 16 years ago, a man walked into my life. And he took the time to intentionally invest in me. You see, he showed me God's love. He taught me how to read God's word. And he helped me to grow deeper in my faith and how to walk out what I believed by partnering with me and walking it out together. All right? So that's going to lead me to the title of our sermon today, if you're taking notes, which you should, okay? This is a good one, I promise. All right? Title of the sermon today is Investing Faith in the Next Generation. Investing faith in the next generation. You see, when we think investing, what is the first thing that pops into our head? Money, right? Well, that's all well and good, but money only goes so far, okay? I don't know about you, but for my kids, for your kids, I want to see a fruit that continues long after I'm gone, okay? And the only reason and the only way that is going to happen is if we intentionally invest our faith in them. You believe that? Yeah. All right. Well, let's go on then. All right. Before we can invest our faith in the next generation, a couple things need to happen. The first is we need to allow ourselves to be invested in. Allow yourself to be invested in. And what does that mean? Allow yourself. 
I mean, gosh, I don't know. You know, I feel like I'm pretty open. You may feel like you're pretty open. But let's look at a scripture and see how open we really are. Matthew 19, 14 says, But Jesus said, Let the little children come unto me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Now, you're probably thinking, what on earth does that verse have anything to do (laughs) with this point? You see, because when I read this verse, the first thing I think of is like, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, Jesus has a heart for children, right? Um, Jesus puts a priority into kids because he's willing to stop what he's doing and talk to them, teach them, pray over them. But that's not what I want to focus on now. What I want to see is the last phrase of this verse. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. See, I used to think when I read that, it was like, okay, so we need to have a childlike faith and a childlike heart when it comes to God because, you know, we just need to believe, because what does a kid do? Kids just believe anything and everything that you say, right? Okay, so that's how we were supposed to approach God. And I don't think that's super wrong, but I think it misses the mark. Because I think what it's saying here is kids remember something that we have long forgotten. Dependence. Dependence. See, let's think about it. Kids can't drive. Kids can't really work to earn money, unless you're in a weird country. (laughs) They can't provide food for themselves. They can't provide a home for themselves. They can't clothe themselves. They are completely dependent upon us to do it for them. And see, this is what I think that God's trying to show us right now is dependence. See, as we get older, we start to get independence, right? You know, we get a little bit more freedom. We can do what we want, all right? But we miss the mark when it comes to dependence because we start putting God further and further down the line because we can do this stuff on our own, all right? So that's what I mean when I say allow yourself to be invested in. See, all throughout scriptures, you see a pattern of investment, And it all starts with one thing, someone being shown. Now, see, when Jesus calls the disciples, right, he didn't just roll up. He's like, "Um, hey, hey, Matthew, come here. Uh, Peter, Peter, come down here. Uh, John, James, all the other ones that I can't think of right now. Everybody come in here. All right, so here's the deal, okay? So I'm the son of God. No, I'm serious. I'm the son of God, and it's cool because I love you, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to die on the cross for your sins. No, 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 no. I said it's cool. Just calm down. I'm going to die on the cross for your sins. I'm going to be buried, and I'm going to raise the third day, okay? But here's what I need you to do. So I need you to go out and just tell everybody that. All right, you got it? Cool. Break. Now, I don't know what kind of Bible that you use, but if that is in your Bible... Get a different one, okay? That is not how it happened. How it happened is Jesus said, follow me. Hey, come here, come follow me. He spent three and a half years intentionally investing 
his life and his disciples, knowing that in order for them to continue with the mission of sharing his gospel, they would need to see it first. They would need to be shown what a relationship with God looks like, right? It's no different when it comes to kids. You see, and it's no different when it comes to you and I right now either. You see, we don't just need to come in here and hear about God. We need to be invested in so we can take our faith deeper and further. Now, it's one of the many things that I love about Velocity Church. You may not realize this, but Velocity is investing so much in you. You heard Josh earlier talking about growth track. Man, a church that believes that each one of us has a next step and doesn't just stop there, but designs a format for you to be able to go into so God can reveal the abilities that he's given you and the purpose that he's given you. I mean, that's pretty awesome, right? All right. So these are things that we need to take advantage of. We need to allow that investment in our lives. Now, once you've allowed yourself to be invested in, you need to begin to invest in yourself, okay? Invest in yourself. James 1, 22 through 24 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. I got a question for you. How many times have you come in here on a Sunday and you have just received an awesome message? Now I'm talking about like one of those ones where you walk out of here and you are encouraged, you are empowered, you're walking out those doors and it's like, I'm gonna change my life, I'm gonna change this world, here I go. One person, huh? (laughs) Pastor Justin, you gotta step your game up, man. (laughs) Well, it happens for me pretty frequently. But here's the deal. When you walk out those doors and that feeling that you have, that word that's been given to you, what does it look like come Friday? What does it look like come Wednesday? How about Monday? This may sting a little bit. How about after lunch on Sunday? You see, when we don't take what's been given to us and put it into practice, we're just like this guy in James. We've got a glimpse of who we are, but then we turned away and we forgot. You see, we allow this world to take away something from us when we're not investing the word of God and our faith in ourselves, We allow them to take away our identity in Christ. Now, I want to ask you something just for, you don't have to answer. This is just for me to you. Ponder it in your head. I want you to think about what is velocity 
invested in you? And what are you doing to take that and invest it in someone else? Invest it in yourself. Invest it back in to the church. See, one of the other reasons I love Velocity is we don't want you just to do this by yourself. We want to partner with you. We want to help you. We desire for you to be grown in your faith. We want to see God's power at work in your life. I don't want to see you just sitting here. I could care less. Well, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. I could care less if all these seats were filled right now. If there was just one person that was here that heard something and was able to change their life, that's, what import, that's what's important. Okay? All right. Now, Velocity offers so many different ways for you guys to do this, okay? We offer online sermons. So when it comes to Monday, and you didn't take good notes like I told you to, you can't remember what was said, you get to go back and you can watch it. And not just that one, all of them. You can watch it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as many times as you want. Those are there for you. That is an investment that we make so you can take it and invest it in yourself. Okay? Another one. How many people here are in a group? Groups? Okay. Everybody that did not raise your hand, you need to be in a group tomorrow. (laughs) Groups? No, groups are, I'm serious. Groups are fantastic because what a group is, is a group is where the church becomes the church. Okay? Where you get to build and surround yourself with a community of believers that can walk this out with you, that can help you grow, that can help you recognize your potential. See, groups are offered for everyone. Whatever walk of life that you're in, wherever you're at with your walk with God, there is a group designed specifically for you. But it's up to you to invest in yourself and step out and join that group, okay? Now, my favorite is teams, all right? Now, teams are what you see going on on Sundays, okay? We do some other stuff outside of it, but we're going to focus on teams right now here. So teams are where we get to give back to Velocity. But it's not just that, because we don't, when you join a team, we don't just want something from you, we want something for you. You see, when you join a team, it allows God to use you. And when you're used by God, you don't walk away unchanged, okay? So whatever, I don't know, whatever things that you like, maybe you like music, we got a worship team. Maybe you like to clean up stuff and set stuff up. We got ops. Everything you see out there, one team sets that up and makes it look perfect for you. We have a creative team that designs slides and does all kinds of other computer stuff. I don't know. (laughs) We have a production team that keeps shining this light directly in my face. (laughs) It's really, really weird. Really weird. Okay? But one that's close to my heart and the one that I'm going to just really push because nobody else is up here to stop me (laughs) is the next-gen team. 
because all these teams are great, but for my money, there is no other team that comes close to being able to invest into the future of a child. There is no other team that has more of an impact on the future of Christianity and of our church than our next-gen team, okay? So I wanna encourage you. Man, we are always looking for more people. You don't have to know everything. That's fine. That's up to me, okay? I gotta know what to do. You just gotta be here to help me execute it, okay? All right. Now, <coughs> once you've allowed yourself to be invested in, right, and then you've begun to invest in yourself, there we go, now you're ready to take it to the next generation. Somebody say, take it to the next generation. Okay, somebody say it like you mean it. There you go. All right, we're going to go old school with this one, okay? Deuteronomy 11, 18 and 19 say, Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit at your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. See, right here is where you see God's heart for kids and the next generation. We serve a generational God. See, did you see anything about, okay, so once a week on a Sunday for one hour, you're going to teach your kids about God? Did you see that in there? No. What'd you see? You saw when you're at your house, when you're going to the store, before you go to bed, and as soon as you get up, you are speaking my words. See, kids learn by watching. Kids learn by watching. Now, you can drill something into a kid's head. I spent like 11 years in school. It was horrible. I remember like 4% of it. <laughs> but see, what I do remember is what became real to me. Now, it's the same way with faith, okay? Try to catch this. Pastor Justin says this a lot. Some things have to be caught rather than taught. And as soon as he said that, it clicked for me and for how I relate to kids. Because it's like, man, you know, think about it. A kid doesn't just learn how to walk by you saying, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going you're to put all your weight onto, onto your feet here, and you're going to kind of be straight, and you're going to work on your balance, and, and then you're going to take a step, and then you're going to take another step. No. They see it by watching us. Okay? If you want a child to know your faith, you better show it. You better show your faith, because that's the only way that they're going to know it. Fun fact, Christianity is right now and has always been one generation away from extinction. You see, God designed it for us to not just take it and hide it, but to share it. So we could take it this far, and then somebody else can take it a little bit further and then a little bit further. See, that's generational. Now, yeah, I ran out of time. I have so much more to teach you guys and to speak to you guys. Hopefully we'll catch it later. 
But I want you to take, if you take nothing else away from this, I want you to take this one phrase home with you, okay? When it comes to investing in the next generation, see if you can figure this out for me. Anything worth doing is worth doing. Okay, let's own that one. Anything worth doing is worth doing. Really good audience participation there, but you're wrong. See, when it comes to investing your faith in the next generation, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Now, before you freak out, let me explain, okay? When we go into it with a mindset of, well, you know, I can't really, um, you know, share this because I, 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 I might not have all the answers or, you know, I'm going to wait until I know more about the Bible before, you know, I kind of like approach this. Or, you know, um, you know I, I'm not really a good prayer yet, so I'm going to get better at that, and, and then I'm going to show it. You see, that's an excuse. That is time and opportunity that has passed now. Because we were focused on doing something in our own strength, okay? So take this away. There are 168 hours in a week. If we're lucky, we get your kids for one. That leaves 167 hours. Who's got them for the rest? The world does. The world wants to rob them of their identity too. The world wants to instill things that don't belong in their life. And it's up to you and I to instill and reinforce that their identity belongs in Jesus Christ. Now, I want to talk to you personally right now. Maybe God's been speaking to you today and he's been showing you how much has been invested in you. And you're just sitting here and you're like, man, this is great, but it's an investment that really hasn't produced that much because you haven't taken it and done anything with it. You haven't invested it back into yourself. See, but you want today to be the day that that ends. You want today to be the day where you make that conscious, intentional decision to take your faith and invest it into somebody else. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed?